Good morning, friends. The review for Monday, June 29th is entitled, Making Jesus Glad. You know, Oscar Wilde had a famous quote. Some people know the price of everything and the value of nothing. You see, it's easy to name a price. Like I can say how much I paid for my bag, how much I paid for my shoe, how much I paid for my car. But what's the value? What's the real value to you? You see, when you give something to someone you care about, you're not concerned about the cost because your satisfaction comes from the joy on their faces and the gladness in their hearts. That, my friend, is priceless. Now, there's not a single Christian believer I know that wouldn't want God's heart to be glad. The book of Psalms is replete with praises to God and his goodness. I mean, we all sing them, we talk about them, we quote them. For example, Psalm 92 and verse 4 says, For you, Lord, have made me glad through your work. And so we could run down an endless list of what makes you and I glad and what God has done for us to make us glad. But have you ever wondered what makes God glad? What brings a smile on his face? What stirs joy in his heart? What makes him glad? Even though we don't ask it much, it's an important question. God, is there anything that makes you rejoice? Is there anything that brings joy to your heart? Is there anything that makes you sing? Yes, there is, and it's found right here in the Bible. In Luke 15, verses 22 to 32, Jesus recounts the story of the the prodigal son. You see, when the young man came to his senses after wasting all his inheritance, he thought to himself, I'm going back to my father in true repentance, and I'm going to ask for his forgiveness. And what did the father do? He had a big celebration and dressed his son in fine linen. He was happy. Verse 32 recounts that the father said, It is necessary, it is only fitting that we should be merry, that we should be glad because restoration has taken place. My son that was dead to me is now alive and well. My son who was lost is found. That's how God feels. He was glad, just like the father. He is glad. When a sinner comes to repentance. Zephaniah 3 and verse 17 says, The Lord your God is in your midst. The mighty one. He will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. I find that to be such a reassuring verse. But when I look at the entire book of Zephaniah, it is such a book of contrasts because no other prophet paints a darker picture of God's judgment and no other prophet paints a brighter picture of Israel's future glory. I say that because in order to fully appreciate the magnitude of the verse that I just shared, we need to go back to verse 1. For in verse 1 of Zephaniah chapter 3, It begins by describing this same city, Jerusalem. He describes it like this. Woe to her that is filthy 
and polluted to the oppressed city. She obeyed not the voice. She received not correction. She trusted not in the Lord. She drew not near to her God. Her prophets are light and treacherous. Her priests have polluted the sanctuary. You see, that's what apostasy, that's what sin does to a man and to a people. But when Jerusalem, when the nation, when Israel repented like the prodigal son, God's heart rejoiced. And so we can now understand Zephaniah 3 verse 17 when it says, The Lord your God is in your midst, the mighty one. He will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. And he will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. And so suddenly that verse becomes very reassuring because we see the contrast. Apostasy, sin hurts the heart of God. But when we repent, the heart of God is glad. Do we want to make God's heart glad? Then we must recognize our sinful state and in true repentance return to God our Father. Revelation 5 and verse 17 to 18 puts it another way in describing us, the church, in the Laodicean state. God says, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. Oh, I wish that you were cold or hot. Then I'd know how to deal with you. But because you're neither cold nor hot, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. Verse 17 says, because... You know what? You go around saying that you are rich and increased in goods and have need of nothing. And you don't even know that like the prodigal son, you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I counsel you. I admonish you to buy of me gold tried in the fire that you may be spiritually rich. And white raiment, that's Christ's robe of righteousness, you know, that thou mayst be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness doesn't show. And wash your eyes with Isaac, the word of God, that through the Holy Spirit, you'll be able to see your true condition and repent. Do we want to make God's heart glad? Then we must recognize our sinful state and our need for his saving grace. And in true repentance, turn to God our Father. Luke 15 verses 11 to 32 shows us another way to make God's heart glad. In it, Jesus gives the parable of the lost sheep. And the shepherd went all the way, out of his way, leaving the 99 to find the one lost. In verse 5 to 6, he says, And when he had found it, he placed it on his shoulder, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors and says to them, rejoice with me or be happy with me or be happy for me or be glad with me for I have found my sheep which was lost. And just in case those hearing the parable walked away believing that this was just a story about a shepherd finding his sheep, Jesus brings it home in verse 7. I say unto you, likewise, joy or gladness or happiness shall be in heaven over one sinner that repents more than over 99 just persons that have no need for repentance also the parable of the lost coin shares the same message that woman went on her hands and knees to find that one coin 
because she knew its value. Do you want to make God's heart glad? Be a co-laborer with Christ in the work of soul winning, in finishing this work of salvation. How do we do that? It's through witnessing to others. The witnessing aspect of our Christian walk is of vital importance. There's nothing as rewarding as seeing a person battered and scarred by seeing being led to repentance through the Holy Spirit and our sharing of the word. Imagine that person renouncing their old life, saying, I don't want to live like this anymore. If you feel that way, can you imagine how God feels thinking, yes, this is why my son died. You see, the lesson asks us to imagine this scene. As a result of your witnessing, some man or woman or boy or girl accepts Jesus as his or her personal savior. Jesus rejoices. All of heaven bursts forth in song. And our mighty Savior rejoices over that individual with singing. What can be more rewarding, friends? What can be more fulfilling than knowing your witness brings joy to the heart of God in a world of sadness? Let's do this. The next time you pray, ask God, Father, what can I do today, this moment, to bring joy to your heart? <laughs> Something tells me he's waiting to tell you. Have a blessed day.